This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7 and with me, Rusty Mansell, Kip Adams, also of Dogs 24-7, full show, full staff, ready to roll. Let's Guys, roll. you ready to put some hay in the barn? We got we to gotta put this hay in the barn and, and you know talk for the last time before Georgia plays Alabama in the SEC championship game. And, uh, you know, listen, that's what this whole show is going to be about. We're going to make our picks in the second half, players of the game predictions. Uh, but obviously the first half, we, we got a little bit of breakdown to do. And Rusty, usually go to you first, going to do it again here. Um, how have how has, you know, your kind of thought process unfolded as this week has gone on about this game and uh, this matchup? I think it's, um, you know, I've watched a little bit for a couple of weeks now, I've watched Alabama play a couple of times and, you know, not knowing where George is going to be uh, kind of in the back end, the secondary with, with Chris Smith, um, you know, Dan Jackson, those guys versus Jamison Williams and, and Mechie, you know, those two, those two guys can really, really run. So if you're looking at for the Georgia side, again, I continue to um, dig into, can Georgia um, keep Alabama at explosive play, you know, keep Bryce Young, from extending plays with his legs. And when I flip to the Alabama side, um, you know, can they, um, can they deal with, you know, what I think is an ultra talented tight end room at Georgia and the matchup problems that Brock Bowers and Fitzpatrick and Darnell Washington give them. So, you know, I don't think the, the, the matchups have really, you know, the, the questions have changed. Um, I think we kind of know who I was going to play. Maybe Jamari Sawyer plays Kip. I mean, uh, Jake, you probably know more of that on, on you know, later this show. But um, I think the matchups are set. I think the questions are set. You know, and the answers we'll get will be Saturday in Mercedes-Benz at 4 o'clock. Yeah, uh, and one of the things you brought up, Russ, was that tight end matchup with Georgia. Um, can Alabama limit that without borrowing too much from something else, I think is a big key in this game. I've had the thought all week long, ever since – well, really since – to be honest with you, I've kind of been looking at this since the Charleston Southern week. Can can I, you know, Alabama struggle with tight ends? And, you know, if they do have to borrow from somewhere else, you kind of got to pick your poison a little bit. It's one of the things that makes me like Georgia's passing game in this matchup because George Pickens is back. Can he take advantage of, of maybe them paying a little bit too much attention or having to pay extra attention to Brock Bowers? Can Jermaine Burton, uh, Lab McConkey, A.D. Mitchell, Kiaris Jackson – uh, there's a lot of names there, and it's a lot different. And, and I did a who has the edge today. It's a lot different when you look at the pass catchers because Alabama's got those two guys over a thousand yards, and then it really drops off. Whereas Georgia, you know, has I think four or five guys above 300 yards receiving, um, you know, and nobody over 
you know, what Brock Bowers has is a little over 700 yards. So Georgia kind of throws numbers at you, whereas Alabama throws a couple studs at you. And I think that, you know, Alabama has the edge in that category because one one of those guys every single week has come up with a big game, uh, whereas Georgia's kind of been a different guy every week. And will Alabama be able to kind of whack a mole there and, and knock that out? Uh, Kip, haven't really had a chance to to hear exactly what you've got to say on this issue uh, because we, uh, you know, because we haven't, um, you know, we, me and Rusty did it on, uh, I guess, Monday, and then um, I was uh, solo yesterday. So I'm interested to see how have your thoughts unfolded on this game as the week is going on? Where have you landed, I guess, here on this Thursday? I think we, we've all kind of got the consensus that the the big weakness for Alabama in this game is the offensive line. And I think everyone's kind of looking to the past to see – you know, if this Georgia team can get over that hump and beat Alabama, we haven't seen an Alabama team that's that's been this week in, in the offensive line before. I mean, obviously, Evan Neal is going to hear his name called real early in the draft. But as far as pass protection, we just really haven't witnessed a team that struggles the way that this off- offensive line is. And then that kind of caught my eye this week, just knowing that potentially Alabama center might not, you know, might be able to play. And I know if, if uh, Darian Dalcourt is not able to go, they, they have gotten Seth McLaughlin, uh, the, the offensive lineman from Buford, the sophomore, they've gotten him in there and he's gotten some experience, but that is not your typical, you know, Nick Saban doesn't typically have to use a guy like that this early in his career and, and use him in a big game like this. I think for, for Alabama, that that's the, the weakest offensive line unit. That, that we've really seen in these matchups. And that really goes to my other thing I've kind of seen. We know that for for Georgia, they're going to have to do similar to what Alabama's going to have to do defensively. You mentioned how expensive is it going to be for them to try to match up with a guy like Brock Bowers on defense. Uh, for Georgia, they're going up against the best pass rusher in college football, Will Anderson. You know, how expensive is it going to be for Georgia to have to, to p- try to pick him up and give Stetson enough time to find open uh, pass catchers? Well, for Georgia, that that's kind of a thing that they've got more experience doing throughout the season. I mean, their tight ends have – they've played with two and often three tight ends on the field. So they're used to actually, you know, adding guys back there to kind of help in pass protection. And so I think it's just something that even though – Georgia is going to face a pass rush that's, you know, more talented than any other one they face this year. They're also in a situation they're kind of used to as far as their personnel and also using their backs in the backfield and pass protection as well. So, I mean, you're going to see a lot, probably a lot of Zamir White back there helping out in pass protection. But that again, that's that's something that they're used to. So it's not really something that Georgia's going to have to change what they're known for doing to maybe have some offensive success and to be able to provide adequate pass protection for Stetson Bennett. You know, uh, for the Warriors out there, and God, there don't seem to be very many of them in Georgia's camp. Uh, You read the comments, you look at the message board, there aren't a ton of them. But uh, two names for you, uh, Phil Mathis and Byron Young. Um, Those two guys – are fantastic football players. I've I've watched every single play of about six Alabama games this year, 
And uh, those guys flash. Those guys show up. They're really good players, not just against the run. They affect the quarterback. And uh, that that's something that Georgia has to worry about there as well. They, it's going to have to be a real good effort for Georgia's offensive line. And, you know, when I compared the two, I said that one of these offensive lines has been kind of average to really good at times, whereas the other one has been bad to above average at times. Um, maybe a few flashes of good here and there. Um, and, and, you know, the latter's Alabama, the former's Georgia. Uh, so, you know, that's that's a matchup that, that is probably a big X factor in this game uh, for me. And uh, that's kind of how, you know, I've looked at it all week long. Also, you look at you look at the secondaries for this game. I was kind of shocked to see Alabama averaging. Yeah, they're surrendering seven yards of pass attempt. And, and I know that some of that's been because of busted plays. Um, some of that's just been because Alabama doesn't have the Patrick Sertan, the 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 Drake, uh, uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick style, you know, take over a game, change the way you have to kind of uh, attack them. Defensive back, they don't have that one guy. They've got a lot of good players back there. Alabama's always got really good players, but they don't have that one guy that you look at in that secondary and you're like, that guy right there, top ten pick. Um, not right now. And, and you know, that's something that, that, that may be worth keeping an eye on there, not just for Brock Bowers, but for, you know, all of those receivers I mentioned, for Darnell Washington. And I think that's something Georgia's going to have to exploit uh, to win this game. Rusty, give me a key matchup. Give me a key, you know, if, whether it's a one-on-one or a group-on-group, what do you think is a key matchup in this game? Anybody versus Will Anderson. And uh, mm-hmm. and we can talk about, you know, I haven't held back. I think he's the best defensive player in the country. I agree. Uh, I think he's going to be the number one pick in the draft next year if it's not a quarterback. Uh, he is a premium pass rusher. And um, the guys that get paid in the NFL are the quarterbacks, the guy that protects the quarterback, and the guy that gets after the quarterback. So uh, you look at Warren McClendon and probably Broderick Jones and maybe Jamari Salyer against him. Uh, how much they use Darnell Washington on there to help, how much of the running backs help. They do a lot of different things with him. Uh, they do a lot of different things with him uh, to try to free him up into some one-on-ones, and they'll bring him on the guards. They'll do the ET stunt where the end tackles uh, flip-flop there and come in behind each other. So it's not only on Warren McClendon. It's going to be on Justin Schaefer and those guys and, and, and you know, to to step up in there and be able to move uh, with Will Anderson coming at you. So – um, you know, you don't beat around the bush. Will Anderson, you know, he's talked about uh, – Jake has a great point about Minka and, and Sertain and those guys really don't have that guy right now, but they got him in the, the – you know, which has been crazy is Alabama hasn't really had that kind of a pass rusher. Well, they got one. They got one in Will Anderson. They got a, a, a bona fide top five pick. Kid grew up a big Georgia Bulldog fan. Um, you know, I've said that a couple of times. So, you know his energy is going to be second level on Saturday and Georgia's got to be able to handle Will Anderson and not elect. They got to limit his big plays. He's going to get one or two. You just can't stop it, but they got to limit his big plays because he's a guy that can take a game over. Jonathan Allen may be the only other guy I would put in that neighborhood since uh, Nick Saban's been at Alabama, as far as, you know, being able to get to the quarterback. Shot, one Rashad, thing- Rashad Evans was a first round pick. Um, you know, he was a first round pick of the giants, but, I still don't think he's as athletic and as big as Will Anderson is. You know, uh, one of the things I I really can appreciate about Will Anderson is it's not common in this day and age of college football that a guy leads the league in sacks and he has twice as many tackles for loss as he has for sacks. He's got 29 and a half tackles for a loss. To me, that spells elite finisher. That's a guy who just, when he gets to the ball, 
somebody's getting on the ground and he's not missing that, you know, tackle for a two yard loss against the tailback. He's finishing that play. But what I, what I think is key for Georgia and Rusty, you hit it on it a little bit. You got to take away the gimmies for a guy like that. And what I mean is the blown assignments where he comes free off the edge or the, or the, you know, the, the over eager guard or center, like we saw in the Auburn game where a guy kind of gets his shoulders turned and, there he comes on that inside stunt, and he's downhill at the quarterback, and nobody's messing with him. You've got to—he's you've got to find a way to impede him at least some on every single play, uh, and, unless you're reading them. Um, you know that, and then that's kind of a fifty-fifty proposition there. Uh, so I definitely agree with that one. Kip, Kip, give me a good matchup. Give me something you're watching. Well, I don't know if it's a matchup, but I'm watching to see how Stetson Bennett handles. The, the increased pressure he's going to have. I mean, even if Jamari Sawyer or Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington are able to, you know, to to hold Alabama's pass rush, hold Will Anderson, you know, for the most of the game, it, it stands the reason that Stetson's going to have more people in his face than what he, you know, he's used to having in most games this year. And I think that that storyline about Stetson ba- basically – you know, recreating his drop back to be able to uh, avoid having the, those balls batted in the air. That's going to be a storyline in this game. Obvi- I mean, you, if you see it against Charleston Southern last week, it's going to be in the back of everyone's minds. He's had a batted pass, the, I think, won the last two games maybe. That's going to be part of, of what Todd Munkin tries to, to do in this game. Is he going to roll him out a lot more? And if he does that, I mean, obviously – you know, that, that that's kind of cutting the field in half, but that's allowing him to maybe evade pressure a little bit more. You know, how much RPO action are they going to use with him? So I think that aspect of the game is 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 probably the, the key to Georgia being able to, you know, to put up enough points to, to maybe win comfortably or just run away with this one is if they're able to the – to get Stetson Bennett out there and, and comfortably throwing the ball, I, I think it's it's going to be a long day for Alabama. I'm going to go with James Cook, uh, the matchup there, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I was just trying to look it up real fast before uh, you caught me, Kip, and and you know looking at college football stats on my phone, always a you know great proposition. He had four catches for 101 yards against Alabama last year, and you know everybody looks to that you know, go route that he ran against Christian Harris, beat him pretty bad. You know, the throw, you know, kind of slowed him down a little bit. He still scored a touchdown. It was it was a big play. But he also had a foot race with Dylan Moses to the sideline on kind of a an, a, an option route that that picked up a first down for Georgia in that game. And I believe Georgia ran it in with Zamir White on the on the you know next couple plays. You know, I, I think that that can Alabama's tight ends with the focus on Brock Bowers with the focus on the tight end with the you know can their linebackers with the focus on the tight ends can they keep tabs on James Cook can they keep James Cook from hitting that 30 40 yard play on him and uh you know we all know we all know that um and and nobody picked this guy you know for the Georgia fans out there none of us three need to pick James Cook because every time we pick him you know he's he's you know he's it's just not his game. It's just not his opportunity. Rusty so, had one. Rusty picked a oh, one. Did time. Rusty get one? Yeah, that, that batting one for ten is not good. So we're still the yeah. James Cook game, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah. that the one time? I think the, we got the Mendoza it. line over here. Yeah, staying out of that. 
I, yeah, I picked him. I think I picked him against uh, Georgia Tech and did it all matter of factly, and, and that didn't exactly work out for me. So I'm interested to see Alabama handles that with with everything else going on. And I, and I, you know, another thing I noticed too, I I, I kind of wonder if Stetson Bennett's mobility doesn't open some things up for James Cook in the past game because if you're having to spy Stetson Bennett on third down. It's kind of tougher to 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 disrupt James Cook. You've got you've got a lot going on there, and I've wondered if that might be something that's kind of helped him maybe a little bit since Stetson has been the quarterback. Let's take a break here real quick. On the other side, we're going to make picks and player of the game prediction. Introducing the Two Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, before we get to uh, player, player of the game, uh, player of the game predictions and score predictions, uh, I want to just kind of run down Georgia's injury situation just real fast since Rusty brought up the Jamari Sawyer thing. He's gotten some reps this week. I think there's a chance he plays. Um, I would conservatively put it at 50-50. It might, be, it might very well be a little better than that, um, and, and we'll kind of see how that goes. I think a lot of it's going to depend on – I mean, I think Jamari could go out there and play if they wanted him to play. Is he going to play at a high enough level to be better than 100% healthy Broderick Jones at this point in the year? I think it's a big thing. And if he is able to play, uh, I think that gives Georgia some juice in the run game, a little bit more power um, at that uh, left tackle position. Uh, Chris Smith, I think that one is uh, generously maybe 50-50. I'm not saying I'm, I, I don't think he's going to play, but um, I, I, don't think the, I don't think he's as, got as good a shot of playing as Jamari Sawyer does. And it's another thing where you look at it, it's a knee, it's a skill player. Is he going to be able to be effective? Uh, Kiaris Jackson sounds like he's going to be good to go uh, battling a rib injury. I've, I've had a couple people tell me that it's gotten better since you know Saturday's game. Kirby said it, but I've heard it's gotten better a little bit since the week has gone on. And uh, Kendall Milton should also be available, whether or not he's going to be Kendall Milton enough to for him to actually get carries and be a big part of the game plan i don't really know uh but but that's kind of where that's at and then also there are some reports out there that brian robinson for alabama is is maybe going to give it a go on saturday it's hard to believe that a guy that wasn't able to finish the iron bowl um is going to be ready to be effective and be back to his old self by this game but that guy's a warrior and he plays the game the right way and uh alabama's in a situation guys where they're so shorthanded at running back, they can't really just say, well, if you're not 100%, we're not going to play you. They need to get out of them what they can get out of them and, and you know, kind of get him on the field and get some help there at that position. Uh, Rusty, lead us off, man. What, what you got? Man, Score I'm prediction all... and player of the game. All week, y'all just jump on in on me, all right? 
Hey, I had to lead off with you this time because I stole your score a couple times. I got to give you a chance. Don't want man. that to happen. Close. Yeah, we've been close a couple times. Um, I, I, Georgia's a better team. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I, it they're six and a half point favorite on paper, um, which doesn't mean anything. But the, the experts think that Georgia's a better team. I think Georgia's a better team. The question is, can Georgia put one away in Mercedes Benz? Can they put one away versus Alabama? Because this is not a, um, this isn't a clear cut difference. I mean, this Alabama team is, I mean, it's Alabama still, you know. So I think Kip hit it right on the nose. There's this offensive line is not what Georgia has faced in the past in that building. I went back and watched 2017 a little bit, watched a little bit of 2018. I watched a tad bit of the half of, of the 2020 game last night. And man, it had, I mean, so many, so many um high draft picks and um you know I, i've kind of went back and forth but every single week man georgia has answered the bell and i've not only answered the bell i mean they have come out and delivered um a, a dominating performance every week this is a game that comes down to the to me the second half and can georgia put it away and i'll say this i'm gonna say i'm gonna, I'm gonna give my player the game and i'm gonna give a a, a reason why and why he might not be on the stat sheet so much, but I know what Georgia does or tries to do with dual threat guys. And they'd like to do a lot of spies, a lot of spying. And they did that with Adam Anderson when he was a part of the team. They did that a lot with him where he would line up at middle linebacker. I think Georgia's going to do that with Quay Walker, with Bryce Young. I think they're going to put Quay Walker in on these downs where they know he can hurt you with his legs. Because here's a guy that can run Bryce Young sideline to sideline, and if that, that key back stays in and he comes late, uh, he can do that as well. So, you know, how does that affect a young quarterback knowing that, hey, that guy's right there, and I don't know if I can take off on him or not. So uh, he might not be in the stat sheet, but I think Quay Walker, uh, scheme-wise, is going to play a big deal in this game. And keeping Bryce Young, I talked to a couple of SEC staffs this week or the last two weeks that have faced Alabama, and everybody tells me, that Bryce Young's the one you have to watch yourself. You, he can really hurt you on any single play, and his legs uh, make you worry because if you come up, he can throw it right past you, and he's got a big-time arm. So I'm interested to see how Georgia approaches him, how much they blitz. Uh, you got to keep him in the pocket because he is definitely a better player when he's outside the pocket and he can got a clear throwing lane. Um, but I'm going to go Georgia 27. I'm going to go Alabama 17. That was close. That was close. What'd you have? It was close. We'll see in a second. It's close. Within three points of what I what I'm gonna pick. I'll tell you that. Within three points. Uh Kip, what you got, man? Man, I, everyone's gonna talk about previous Georgia Alabama games throughout this broadcast. And like I said, at the end of the day, Alabama's offensive line is gonna be an issue for them throughout the game. I think with Georgia you know, their, their offensive line has just been playing at a higher level. And the narrative in this game is that, you know, Georgia hasn't faced adversity and, and Alabama has. And, and that and that's going to be an aspect that could bear fruit for Alabama if, if Georgia gets punched in the mouth early in this game. But it's also 
the counter to that is that Georgia's played to a standard throughout the season. And for those who cover Georgia and have watched them play every week, as we have, I mean, you see it on that defense late in the game. Guys getting frustrated when they're giving up a first down. The, just the, the accountability that guys like N'Kobe Dean, you know, and Jordan Davis and, and all of the, the veteran leaders on this team have. Uh, that's an aspect that's always been uh, a staple for for Nick Saban teams is that they they have the accountability and they have the leadership. And I think it kind of shows up the difference uh, when you look at this, the penalties. I mean, Alabama's outside the top 100 as far as penalties per game. And I know that, you know, fans are going to point to, uh, you know, just the refs and games favoring Alabama. But at the end of the day, they're still getting a lot of penalties and Georgia's not. Georgia's playing more disciplined football. And in a game like this, in this atmosphere, you know, in the stakes, that's huge. Being able to play with that poise and being able to, to be consistent. And I think that's something to be said about Georgia this year is that they've played at a consistently high level throughout the year. And while Alabama is coming into this game, you know, beaten up and battered and also, again, not playing disciplined football. Uh, you look at just how these teams have played in the, in the last couple of weeks, and, and there's a stark difference in the quality of play there. And I think that's going to be, an, uh, you know, a, a key in this in this matchup is that Georgia is going to come out there and continue to try to play at that standard because of the veteran leaders they have. Alabama on the other end, I mean, the offensive line, you look at Stetson Bennett, he's getting sacked, I think, one out of every – 31 and a half pass attempts, which is an incredible stat right there. And then Bryce Young, he's getting sacked one out of every, I had it, I think it's 15 and a half, you know? And so just the fact that he's getting sacked twice as much as Stetson Bennett, and they're going into a game where Georgia at the line of scrimmage has been stout on both sides of the ball. I think that's going to be the difference in this game is the fact that even though Bryce Young doesn't get rattled, he's used to getting hit a lot. You still get behind the sticks when you get tackled behind the line of scrimmage. And it still puts you in a in a situation where you're one-dimensional and you're already one-dimensional. When we're talking about Jamison Williams and John Mechie being the guys to watch for Georgia matchup-wise defensively, well, they already know that going in. And so if you're able to put Alabama in even more one-dimensional situations, you're able to cover for that a little bit better. You're able to bracket correctly and, and be prepared for those situations. And if they're run, whether or not they're, you know Brian Robinson's able to go, he's not going to be close to 100%. So it's going to be an even more dire situation for them at, at the line of scrimmage offensively. I don't think they're going to be able to, to put up enough points in this game. I think their defense is strong enough to where they're going to cause some issues for Georgia and Georgia might not hit their, their scoring average for the year, but I think they'll be able to, you know, to put enough points up in, in this game to, to kind of run away with this one in, in, in the third and fourth quarter. I got Georgia winning 31 to 20. I think as far as player of the game, we, we could talk about Brock Bowers being, you know, the most talented offensive player for George in this game, and he's going to demand a lot of attention. Maybe he makes a lot of big plays, but if he doesn't, that means that they're, again, they're using guys to, to cover him that's going to cost them in other ways. And I'm not going to pick James Cook, but I will pick Jermaine Burton. I think he's a guy that's going to get a lot of opportunities there and, and really be able to make some big plays. I also think, I mean, I almost went with Jalen Carter because I think that just the matchup there, I think he's going to be able to to really get in the backfield. But I think, you know, we stick with offensive guys who are our player of the game. They're the easier ones to point out. I like Burton to have a couple touchdown catches in this game. 
maybe maybe five for 75 yards B- big output for him while, while they're trying to double team uh, a guy that should be the freshman player of the year and should be on the John Mackey award finance list but for some reason got left off and we know they're regretting that but I'm going to point it out every time I can so they can remember it moving forward but I, I think a big game for Burton. He had a big game against Alabama last year, and I think he, he helps them pull out with the win this time. I like it. I like it. You guys, uh, between y'all's two scores, you hit on mine. Uh, two keys to this game for Georgia. Number one, um, don't lead at halftime. Number two, make sure Bryce Young finishes the game. And I'll add kind of an X factor honorable mention. Um Let's not see JT Daniels on the punt team. All right. If, you, if Georgia can avoid doing those three things, I think that they've got a good chance to win this game. Uh, listen, I think if I think if both of these teams played their A plus game for ten weeks in a row, that I, th- I think Georgia would win anywhere from six to eight of them. Um, I think Georgia's the better team. Um, I've got so much respect for Alabama. Um, you know, I talk a lot of football, with my dad, and uh, I, you know, we, you know. We, we've talked about this thing over and over and over again, and, and I'm not discounting Alabama one bit. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're not good. I think Alabama can beat Georgia. I think Alabama can beat any team in the country. I think Alabama is the only team out there except for maybe Ohio State that top to bottom as far as roster even stacks up fairly decent against Georgia. If you were to make everybody – if you were just to flip a button and make everybody healthy – um, for both teams, I think you know Georgia's more talented than everybody in the country, except for maybe those two teams, and and significantly more talented than everybody else in the country. Um, but but I just think Georgia matches up better with Alabama than Alabama does against Georgia. I know that you look at Georgia's secondary, and everybody's like, "Well, that's the way you got to get Georgia." I agree, but it's a relative weakness. It's not a a blatant weakness. Where Alabama's offensive line is a blatant weakness, and not necessarily a relative one. Um, you know, and you could argue that maybe Alabama's secondary with some of the miscommunication and some of the big plays they've given up is also a, a more of a blatant weakness than a relative weakness. Um, you know, with that said, I think Alabama's going to come out ready to roll. They're not used to being the underdog. They're not used to being able to play the disrespect card. Listen, the last time I saw Alabama get a chance to play the disrespect card, I was right there. It rained like hell, and uh, they beat they beat the fire out of Georgia. Okay, they 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 knocked them around, and that Georgia team had no business really being on that field in terms of uh, overall talent. With Alabama, Alabama was just more talented. Georgia should have never been a favorite in that game, um, but but they're going to come out fired up. And I think Alabama, there's a good chance. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think Alabama leads this game at halftime, but I think Georgia's going to be the team that kind of pushes through and gets it figured out. The offensive line for Alabama comes out with a good plan. They hold their water early. Georgia figures out how to get it late. Um, I think Georgia's the team that's going to flip the script in this game. And I've got Georgia covering at 27-20. That's that's kind of the score that's been stuck. in. It was either that or 24-17. But I'm going to – like I said, I got a lot of respect for this Alabama team after watching them as much as I have, and I think they're going to put up 20 points. My player of the game has bounced around within the last 15 minutes. When When Rusty brought up Quay Walker, I wanted to say Channing Tindall just because he's been so nasty against mobile quarterbacks this year and and the way he's been able to make plays. Uh, you know, I, another guy that really flashed for me was Kenny McIntosh. I know I said what I said about James Cook. I don't know if you guys have quite noticed, but Kenny McIntosh playing some really good football 
um, these last few weeks. And uh, I think that he's going to have a chance to make an impact in this game. But I'm going to zag, and I'm going with Brock Bowers. Uh, I think Alabama's going to do a lot to stop him. I think Georgia's going to do a lot to get it to him. And when you get it to him, again, the speed is, is, is incredible. The size is incredible. But watching how hard that dude likes to stay on his feet and keep moving forward is is fun. I mean, it's fun watching him, you know, do that. I mean, it's it reminds me of Mark Ingram, the when he played at Alabama, just kind of the I'm not I don't I don't like being on the ground. I don't like to be, you know, I don't like to have to deal with that. Um, you know, so he he doesn't like picking himself up off the ground, and I think he's going to have a player too where he breaks a few tackles, picks up big yardage. And I uh, may walk away with MVP of the SEC championship game before everything is said and done. And that's going to take a good game from Stetson Bennett, too, uh, to make that happen. Any parting shots, uh, you know, hats off to Dick Schaap and, and, you know, the sports reporters back in the day. But any uh, any parting shots for uh, either of you guys before we uh, close the double doors on this barn and padlock it? It's, it's go time. You know, I, said, I said it earlier this week. Everybody's been pointing to this game. Everybody's been pointing to these two teams. This building, it's round three, four o'clock Saturday. Kip, one one aspect of this game, I don't think we really mentioned. Uh, I can't really say there's really been a, a, a previous matchup where it does look like Georgia's got the clear coaching staff advantage. I mean, Todd Monken and Dan Lanning are both up for head coaching jobs for a reason. And while, I mean, Nick Saban's coaching tree is extensive, I just think that, I mean, you Pete Golding and, and Bill O'Brien are, are guys that'll probably get other jobs, but I just think there's a there's a clear advantage in the in the coordinator matchups on both sides, and I I, I think that's going to bear fruit in this game as well. I just think that the the offense Todd Monken's called this season has has been highly impressive. You think about the fact that Georgia's top three pass catchers didn't catch a single pass for them last year. Um, and, and, and then the fact that just Georgia's defense, we talked in the off season about how this was going to be an offensive, uh, a team instead of a defensive team, just because of all the players that Georgia lost the draft, especially in the secondary. And now everyone's discussing Georgia's defense. You know, they're, you know, putting up the comparisons to other defenses in the last 10, 15 years. And so that just says a lot. Again, it says a lot about recruiting, but it also says a lot about both the these coordinators and the coaching staff that, that Kirby Smart's built. And I, I think that if there's a coaching staff that's prepared for this game, it, it's it's the one that Kirby Smart has right now. Uh, I'm about to put everybody anywhere within a five-mile radius of Rusty Mansell in danger when I say this. Uh, Georgia ranked number one in the SEC in punting. Alabama ranked last. Yo. That's why I break break the punters. (laughs) All right, everybody. Y'all have a good one. We'll talk to you after the game on Saturday. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Rusty Mansell and Kip Adams from the same place, and y'all take it easy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 